Welcome to SAS Talk with Kim, your sustainability action series podcast highlighting how local governments are leading the way toward a more sustainable future. I'm your host, Kim Lundgren. I've spent the last 16 years working for and with local governments to help them create resilient, inclusive, thriving communities. I started this podcast series to connect you with the key people on the ground putting sustainability into action in their communities. Good afternoon, everybody. This is SAS Talk with Kim. I'm your host, Kim Lundgren, and we are kicking off our Public Works and Sustainability series. And my guest today is Tom Herbell, the city engineer for Huntington Beach, California. Welcome, Tom. Hi, Kim. Thank you. So, Tom, I think that, as you know, we're both on the uh, APWA Center for Sustainability, the American Public Works Association. And sustainability has been a growing theme um, within Public Works. The center was created back in 2008. Um, but I think it'd be good for folks to understand from your perspective, first, describe what your role is in Huntington Beach and how Public Works in general is playing a role or a lead on sustainability there. Sure. Well, my role um, at the city of Huntington Beach is the city engineer, and I'm in charge of the engineering division, and we are truly the sustainability managers for the city. And what that truly means is we implement the policies and practices that make our infrastructure sustainable, everything from our streets to our water systems, to our sewer systems, to our traffic systems, uh, street lights, you know, energy and all that stuff. So that all comes through my division first um, to try and put it into one big policy in which we can implement, of course, over time um, within the city. That's pretty impressive. And you're, you know, uh, Huntington Beach is a reasonable size community, almost 200,000. And Oftentimes, it's the planners that are leading this. So is there is there a reason that engineering got to lead this? I mean, I think that's a pretty impressive uh, situation you guys have. Uh, the reason we're leading it is because really we are a built-out city. So usually planners get involved before you're a built-out city. You know, we're in a place now where Huntington Beach is in a lot of infill developments going on. There is not one plot of land left within the city that you can just say, I got an open piece of land. Let's start planning this thing. You know, we're not a planned community like the city of Irvine is um, in Southern California. So really sustainability now lies with us because it's already a built environment. Mm -hmm. So how do you take that already built environment and make it more sustainable by practices going on from here, here on out, going in the future? That's great. I think that's a really cool model for others to to be paying attention to. Um, So why don't you talk a little bit about what Huntington Beach as a city, as a government, what is their overall commitment level to sustainability and climate change? Well, from a sustainability standpoint, you know, we like to think California is kind of the leader of sustainability because we have a lot of people that really advocate sustainability within California. And Huntington Beach is a tourist community. And a lot of who we are is defined by the people that come visit our city. Uh, We have nine miles of rolling beaches and uh, people come for the cleanliness of our beaches and the cleanliness of our water. Um, They like to be able to go into the ocean and not have plastic bags wrapping around their feet and not having things stick to their hair as (laughs) as they're wading through the ocean. So it's it's really a driver by our city council and our, our city management to make sure that we maintain that very positive tourist outlook so that we can attract those dollars and actually make life better for everybody that lives in the city and visits the city. Um, So when it comes to climate change and sustainability, you know, we now as an infill city are looking a lot at our transportation system. 
as we start to migrate, and so actually a lot of Southern California is migrating more towards bicycle commuting and sharing the streets, the complete streets technology. Um, city of Long Beach, just north of us, has really grasped on to the concept of complete streets. And we've seen the successes they've had. So we're starting to incorporate that into our streets, our downtown, because of the congestion, it's hard to get around in a car. Mm. Uh, a lot of these beach communities, the streets are really narrow. You know, they're all built in the 20s and 30s and 40s, and they're built for horse and buggies and not, <laughs> not cars. So uh, now it's, we're starting to look towards different modes of transportation, golf carts, bikes, um, you know, electric bikes huge in Huntington Beach. So we're starting to look at bicycle lanes because electric bikes go faster than regular bikes. Mm. So now we're actually looking at electric lane, electric vehicle lanes, mm. such as golf carts and bikes that can use those lanes exclusively. That's very cool. Well, you've talked about some of the challenges as a built out community. And certainly I know a lot of our listeners uh, in, you know, like the Northeast and other parts of the country can relate mm -hmm. to some of that. Um, generally speaking, what what would you say are your greatest challenges as it relates to integrating the principles of sustainability into your day-to-day? -day? Um, start off, the biggest challenge truthfully is education. It's education, 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 because uh, you get a lot of people with old philosophies and old school mentality where they don't want things to change, right? They like their, you know, expedition SUV and they like, you know, they don't like bikes on the streets. They want to have... Um, super wide streets, you know, because they feel comfortable that way. It's the, our challenge is kind of out with the old and in with the new philosophy mm -hmm. where we're trying to train our management and our council and our elected officials into the new philosophy, the new thinking of sustainability, which is all facets of what we're implementing in public works, because really it's everything from water conservation in California. You know, we've been in a drought for many, many years and, changing the philosophy of having these lush green lawns, um, changing how we throw our trash away, composting. You know, people don't want to compost. They don't want to have to pick the, you know, the orange peel to the banana peels and put it in a separate container. Mm -hmm. It's kind of yucky. Yeah. But you know what? That's the wave of the future. We need to get there because we need to be not zero, total zero carbon footprint, footprint, but as close as we can get to zero carbon footprint. And that changes the whole philosophy of how we live our lives in Southern California. You know, the landfills aren't going to be there forever. Mm -hmm. So changing that mentality of, the, you know, the waste mentality, you know, for example, um, plastic bags were very controversial in Orange County and City of Honey Beach actually banned plastic bags at one time. And then the ban got repealed because we had some council members that were business men and women that said, you know what? That costs us way too much money and, and people are not coming to our stores and they're going to other cities that have not banned plastic bags. So they actually repealed it. So uh, it was an education process and we found out we failed in our education process because it got repealed. So it's things like that that are causing us to really have a great educational outreach with them and look at the big picture. You know, plastic bags is one small thing. Um, but the educational side of it is huge. So that's the biggest challenge we have is teaching an old dog new tricks. Mm, that's a really good way to put it. So you, it sounds like you've kind of learned from that experience with plastic bags. Is there any effort or thinking of bringing back the ban? Has well, really fortunately, about? we didn't have to. State of California did it on its own. 
So the state of California so in the last election banned plastic bags for, you know, it's the major chains mm -hmm. and the major grocery stores. So we didn't have to bring it back. So the state did it for us. So we lucked out there because plastic bags, really, there's there's they're old school. Mm -hmm. You know, there's no there's no reason to have them in our society to be sustainable. Really, everybody needs to take their own reusable bags, wash them, clean them, use them and um, stop putting them in the landfills. So. Yeah. And, you know, I feel like that goes along with, you know, can't teach an old dog new tricks, kind of put the mm -hmm. putting the new ahead of the old and, and just recognize, you know, I always take a step back and think about the U.S. and we're such innovators. You know, we always mm -hmm. have been. And yet for some reason, there are certain areas that we just refuse to change. You know, we wouldn't even think for a second to be using the same phone that we had even five years ago, let alone mm -hmm. 20 years ago. Yet we're still using the same oil, you know, the same pe mm -hmm. petroleum-based products to run our cars and our homes. And it's like, that's from the beginning of the ninth, you know, the 20th century. Why would we still be using that? You know, where is the innovation? Um, I think that's something that seems to be, for some reason, we've been clouded in that area. Whereas in other areas, we wouldn't even think to be using yeah. something so old, old technologies and old thinking there. Well, and, the biggest challenge yeah. we have with that, Kim, is truthfully money. You know, the old technology is cheaper than new technology. And one of the other struggles that I have is that sustainability is not cheap in the short term. It's hard to get people to realize the long-term benefits of what we're doing because a lot of a lot of our elected officials are in two- and four-year terms and they want to make their bang for their buck in those two- and four-years. And truthfully, some of them don't care what happens in 10 years and 15 years and 20 and 50 years. Mm -hmm. So trying to change that mentality of um, the quick fix and the cheapest solution is not easy. And, you know, in government in California, you know, we have um, um, a pension system that is causing financial issues with governments and they're trying to figure out how to deal with that. So everybody's tightening their belt quite a bit. And. When you tighten your belt, you still have to keep an eye on the big picture, and that's kind of tough to do right now. Yeah, that's a good point. And speaking of right now, uh, you know, some other challenges that are coming up from the federal level. Uh, we do have a new administration in, and uh, it this administration is really ma making it clear that uh, they refuse to believe climate change is, is man-made. Uh, I'm not even sure sustainability is is in their vocabulary what does that mean for a city like Huntington Beach? Well, we've already discussed that internally. And truthfully, climate change, as far as we know, is real. I mean, we've already experienced it. Um, we just had a recent um, winter and summer about a year ago where we saw the highest tides ever seen in Huntington Beach. We had some coastal flooding within Huntington Harbor that has a scale never, ever seen before. So it's true and it's real. And um, my challenge to our new administration in Washington, D.C. is to say, show me the money. Where's the science behind the new philosophy? Because all the science I've seen and we base our decisions on how we're looking into the future based upon the best available science we have. Right. And uh, I haven't seen anything that contradicts climate change because everything I've seen and actually truthfully experienced uh, shows climate change is happening. We look at all the storms in Texas, you know, unprecedented storms that they're getting and all these hurricanes that are coming with a larger intensity and more frequency. You can't tell me 
that's not really happening. And it's just mother nature going through a cycle. You know, we got the ice, you know, got the polar caps melting mm-hmm. at an alarming rate. You know, there's not going to be any glaciers left for my kids to see, right. you know, or my grandkids to see. Um, so you show, show me the science behind how all of that's just mother nature in a cycle. And so truthfully in Huntington beach, um, we are watching closely what uh, Washington DC is doing, but we're moving forward with our climate change plan. So we're doing a climate action plan. It's part of a general plan update right now. And we're actually putting 2 million bucks into it because that's how wow. important it is to our residents. You know, I talked about the flooding in the Harbor and we, we we're seeing it and we need to make sure that we do what we can to look into the future to adapt our policies and procedures to try and prevent, you know, life and property. And, you know, I think it's really important message there. And I'm, I'm happy and not that surprised to hear that Huntington Beach is still moving forward. I think a lot of, um, you know, local governments that I work with, and frankly, even in my experience um, through the Bush era, um, we saw such an increase in the number of communities that wanted to start taking action on climate change. And this is back in, you know, 2006, you know, so 2005, you know, looking at the, the second term really of Bush yeah. where, you know, I was working at Ickley Local Governments for Sustainability at the time. And we had a 400 percent increase in our membership because we were giving local governments tools on greenhouse gas inventories. Mm-hmm. Um, climate action planning. We had built out our climate uh, resilience framework. So I think the reality is local governments don't actually have the luxury to ignore climate change Mm -hmm. like someone in D.C. might. Um, We're the ones, especially public works, on the front lines. Mm -hmm. You're the ones dealing with when the storms are coming. You're the ones up all night preparing, making sure the community stays Mm -hmm. safe. And then after that massive disaster, you're the ones cleaning it up. Absolutely. So public works role with resilience and climate adaptation uh, really can't be ignored. And, you know, we don't have the luxury of pretending the climate's not changing. No, because uh, it's not fair to our residents to ignore it. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's not part of your mission, right? Protecting them. It's not. So what would be, I mean, clearly Huntington Beach is forward thinking, um, gets it, is connected to your community members. Are there, you know, one or two or three kind of tips that you would give to another local government that maybe wants to get started but doesn't know where to begin? I think the first one would be to really look at your transportation system as a whole. Take a look at where your transportation wants to be in the next 15 to 20 years. You know, as I said, bicycles are very important in Huntington Beach. The infill development is happening. It's getting a lot more congested by using our vehicles. And so we're finding alternate modes of transportation. And the way you kind of kick that off is to really start a transportation management plan at TMP and take a look at how you're going to manage all your traffic within your cities, because it's not going to get better. Um, You know, Americans love their cars. And that's, again, the philosophy I was talking about earlier, how we got to change our mindsets. We need to change the way we think about transportation. You know, you see Google coming up with the driverless cars and all this other stuff that's that's leading us into the future of where we're going to be and how we're going to be able to deal with the increased amount of transportation because people are just going to start moving into the cities more and more and more. And it's going to get more densified. And we need to be able to deal with that through a transportation management plan which will look at all modes of transportation. People may even be putting in the light rail. 
to, you know, electric vehicles to, and it could be as simple as, you know, we have, everybody has buses. Maybe it's a new version of the bus that people use that's a little bit more friendly uh, for everybody to use. So really, number one is start looking at your transportation because by the time it's a problem, it's too late. Mm-hmm. And then you're trying to back into it. And then it's really hard to back into a transportation management system that is already built out and already kind of congested. And you're trying to, how do I do this? So that's that's one thing is to really start that now. Because in the next 15, 20, 100 years, it's going to be extremely critical for agencies to really be forward thinking and deal with it. And don't wait till it's too late. Um, another thing is really... You know, all of our water quality, water conservation that we're doing, we need to really work with our constituents and our elected officials to let them understand how important our drinking water is to us and our lakes and our streams and everything else. Everybody sees the lakes, they see the streams and they go, oh, OK, well, that one's kind of dirty. And, but nobody gets it in their head about, well, what are we going to do about that? How are we going to make this more sustainable in the next 20 to 30 years? And that's really a regional water quality plan. We're, we've already prepared one in the city of Huntington Beach where we've taken a look at our water quality for our 200 residents. You know, we've got multiple parks with lakes. And, you know, how do we deal with that so that people want to go to our parks? You know, it's our urban forests. How do we keep our urban forests sustainable so that they're not trash pits? You know, and, and we manage our trash policy and we manage all that stuff. And that takes money to think forward. And how are you going to do all that and manage your water quality? So really, the second item is take a look at your water. Take a look at your runoff. Take a look at what really do you value for recreation? You know, we value our beaches and we do have a few lakes, not a lot. Um, but our beaches is uh, our livelihood in Huntington Beach. We're Surf City, USA. And that says, come to our beach, come surf, come hang out, come live, come frolic. And that all stems from if it's not clean, they're not going to come. And uh, that starts with planning. You know, it just doesn't happen overnight. And uh, it's expensive to have a sustainable water quality plan. So you need to, it's baby steps. You know, you can't start and say, okay, I'm going to do a water quality plan um, today. And I'm going to implement it. No, it takes it takes 15 to 20 years to implement a plan unless you've got like 10 million dollars just lying around to implement something. (laughs) Most agencies don't. It's baby steps. You know, you take 500,000 a year and you say, I'm going to take it little bits at a time. So my uh, suggestion would be start now again, start now and plan 20 years into the future. Plan that you're going to be taking your money that you the general fund money that you have and put it in to your livelihood. And what makes your community sustainable and a great place to live? Awesome. Well, I think those are such good examples for folks. And and thank you so much for being such a visionary in public works, because it's not always easy for public works to think about the future, right? They have, there's day-to-day emergency situations, a water main break and this, and we're always running around. So being able to you know have someone like yourself that can handle the day-to-day while also really thinking about the bigger picture, I think is quite an asset to Huntington Beach and certainly to Public Works altogether. So this has been great. Thank you so much for your time. Really oh, appreciate you're it. you're welcome. All right. Well, thanks, everyone. And uh, we will see you soon. Thank you for joining this episode of SAS Talk with Kim. You can listen to other podcasts in our sustainability action series at sastalkwithkim.com. 
Remember that action is the key to your community's sustainable future. What will you act on today?